Welcome everybody to our first podcast special episode. We have Jeremy Holland on here, who's a Tottenham supporter. You're going to hear from him and Bryant and me shortly. I just wanted to explain first that the reason we're doing these special podcast episodes now is because we don't want to cut short the awesome information, the awesome stuff that the people we're interviewing have brought to the table for us. We also didn't want you to have to listen to a three-hour episode of our original podcast that we roll out each week, so we decided to cut them up, respect your time a little bit, and you can listen to them at your own leisure instead of having to consume one really large, long podcast. You can listen to two moderately long podcast. This first episode is going to be a great one. We're really excited to have Jeremy on here. We're excited for you to listen to everything that he had to say. He's a part of an organization called Chris Community Refugee and Immigrant Services. They do amazing things across Columbus, Ohio. You're going to hear everything from what a day in the life looks like for him, what Chris does, an annual soccer tournament that they do with the kids from Chris and the kids that are coming over to the United States and also just people from around the Columbus area. So sit back, relax. If you're driving, don't relax too much. You need to stay awake at the wheel and listen to this great interview that we have with Jeremy Holland. Really excited about our our interview today. We are talking with Jeremy Holland of Chris, a.k.a. Community Refugee and Immigration Services. Jeremy, we normally have guests on to talk about soccer, but you're a Tottenham fan like me, so we're going to keep this a little more positive, a little more happy, because we know what's going on right now. Um, So to start off, tell us a little bit about Chris, kind of what you guys do, what your mission is. Absolutely. Um, So Chris, Community Refugee Immigration, is a local nonprofit here in Columbus. Uh, We've been around for... Uh, quite some time, but really kind of officially as a nonprofit in 1999. Um, and our mission is pretty much to um, serve and help navigate our new American population. So by new American, uh, we refer to kind of refugee, immigrant, DACA, first generation, secondary migration. And um we really kind of talk about the word self-sufficiency a lot with our job, but um, that kind of breaks down in the nonprofit world as just helping people get to where they want to be and helping them in any endeavor that they they might want to go down, whether it be academic, employment, social, um, but then also being advocates on their behalf or for them um, if you know things like discrimination, PTSD, trauma, kind of just being that um, hand up in life uh, to welcoming people to Columbus. Wow, that's awesome. awesome. Um, how did you, how did you start with Chris um, personally, Jeremy? That is a very random and long story. Uh, so I will keep it to like the short comedic version. But um, so I, since coming back from St. Louis, I went to college out in St. Louis and then came back to Ohio um, because of some some immediate family health concerns. And I wanted to be kind of back in Ohio and um, I'm a women's studies, sociology, anthropology major. So for me, uh, being a public servant is what I feel I was born to do and the highest thing I can do in life. And so I kind of 
was working in children's services kind of back in the Lima area where I'm kind of born, raised and um, just kind of felt the pull of the big city. And so kind of went from Lima to Kenton to Marysville to Columbus and, and worked in kind of that local government and really got to know the new American population. Because as you can imagine, it's it's pretty spread out. But when you get into the kind of smaller counties, there's not a whole lot of, of resources or knowledge. So um, I kind of helped oversee some of the programs and Chris happened to be uh, one of those organizations that I, I kind of helped and kind of fell in love with their mission. And uh, I was at a point in my life where uh, I was planning on moving um, to Arizona and kind of starting over again and kind of going down that path and our executive director um, and another colleague that became you know, a very close friend of mine said, there's a youth position available and we think you'd be great for it. And I have been there ever since 2016. That's awesome. With that youth position, what, what does a, a normal work week look like? Because most people, you, you hear the calling for being a public servant, which is amazing and admirable. Most people work a pretty predictable nine to five drive to the office, drive home, drive home every day. What does a normal week look like for you? Um, I honestly wish there was a normal week, but there is, uh, <laughs> there is nothing normal about it. Um, it really just depends on what is needed. So within our program, we run a mentor program. So that is essentially providing volunteers from the Columbus area who kind of get matched with one of our, our kids. Uh, so we serve Columbus, Westerville, Hilliard, and Southwestern school districts. And a lot of my job is spending time in the schools, um, getting to know the students, kind of seeing what they might want in a mentor, helping them kind of with their mentors once they're matched. A uh, big part is also we do a lot of job development so finding internships making sure we're on pathways to graduation being there um, you know for all kind of cultural events and and things like that but um, i also am a firm believer if the youth is being provided uh, the parents should also be provided so a lot of my job is you know also meeting all the parents making home visits at night um, a lot of our families work very different hours than the nine to five. So it's not abnormal for me to be at a family's house at 10 p.m. and then turn around and have a 5.30 a.m. Uh, meeting or Saturday, Sundays, just full of things. And so I love it. Um, I know it's not for everyone, uh, but you know things kind of just come and go. And then kind of being on the executive team at Chris, there's also internal meetings and you know kind of trying to find pathways to reach new people and continually the talk and, and schedule meetings. I am technically the Associate Director of Community Partnerships. So in addition to youth, um, I also work a lot with entities, organizations, companies that would like to help Chris. And I kind of help navigate how you can help um, without exploiting the population or without kind of turning the population to like an exhibit where you know, you're just kind of, or, you know, you're angry politically and you want to help. So we kind of trying to find appropriate 
uh, pathways. So never a dull moment, never a repeating moment, and I would not change it for anything in the world at this point. So I know you, you get, you, you talked about uh, some of the folks that you guys serve are, uh, you know, refugees, immigrants, new to the country. Um, is that, I would imagine that's, that's gotta be difficult in a lot of situations for what, for what you guys have to do. Like I imagine that keeps you busy trying to just help people get on their feet. It does. I always kind of explain, um, when I talk to people, especially people not from the new American communities, it's just, you know, imagine yourself um, being told tomorrow you're flying to Ethiopia. And then when you show up, you're expected to work, live, navigate transportation, understand um, everything that makes up that country, that city, that community and then go. And people just kind of give you that deer in the head like look of like, I would not even know what to do. Right. And then I tell them, that's what we do. Um, you know, we are helping families kind of navigate the newness. Um, our families are phenomenal. Uh, they are educated, they are proud, they are incredibly, you know, ready to kind of acclimate uh, but it's sure. just kind of like, how do I get on a coda and where does it go or where are good places to work as opposed to bad? Or, you know, we get a lot of like, what's a good school district or what's a good neighborhood? And, and so it's really just kind of those, those navigations, but it's also a lot of our families have witnessed or survived some pretty horrendous things um, in terms of, you know, genocide or, being physically harmed or threatened because of who they pray to, who they love, who they are as a as a person. So it's also kind of being there to provide that wraparound that, you know, you are safe, you are welcomed, and, you know, let's find what you need to to be successful. And I think one thing that I love about our organization is we as a staff are very much reflected in who we serve. Um, we have a lot of refugees on our staff. We have a lot of multilingual people on our staff. We have a lot of people who have gone through the programs that we, we offer. And I think that just gets even deeper and not only a cultural, but just it's a good program or, you know, we're here for you. We are basically family, even though we may have just met, we're going to get to know each other. I mean, since, our youth program has started. There's been over 400 kids that have gone through it. And some of our kids still who have been out of the program and graduated high school and in college still send me like a random emoji once a week just to like check in. Or, you know, we had a student who just called me yesterday going, you know, how are you? Is there anything I can give back? Like you helped me. Like you need a Spanish interpreter ever? Like just let me know. I'd be more than happy. So you kind of just develop this really positive network and it can only expand and, and do good. And I think that's our goal is to just wrap families up from the moment they, they land in John Glenn or the moment they drive and see the welcome to Columbus sign that, you know, we should be that beacon that people from all over the world are coming to see us because we, we welcome you. And even if you're not directly 
associated or working with Chris, just smiling or being part of a community that cares shows people. That's, I think, why we're one of the biggest secondary migration cities, because people are being resettled in other states and other cities. Um, I'm not going to knock any of them and like say what those cities are, but I think people just see Columbus as wow, it has the biggest Bhutanese population in the country or the biggest Nepali population or the biggest Somali, the second biggest Somali population. Like, what are they doing right? How are they welcoming these tens of thousands of people and not getting this negative, like, you're not welcomed here or you're taking our jobs or, you know, these kind of false assumptions. And um, it's awesome. I mean, we have just in my youth program, uh, 48 countries represented. So you literally... Wow have the wow. entire world like at a lunch table with you. Well, that, that definitely opens up, opens up your mind. And you say that the kind of get out of here is not, you don't see that as much, or it's a very, very quiet minority. And most of Columbus is a very welcoming, welcoming spot. That's great. Absolutely. I think um, Columbus just seems to get it. Um, and I've lived in a lot of cities. I, I come from Lima, which is a pretty, for lack of better words, kind of conservative, kind of red area. And um, just the conversations are different. Like in Lima, I feel like I'm defending my actions. You know, I've, I've been called a terrorist because of what I do back there. And I've had issues with, with family. But here it's more, you're always talking about the future. It's like, wow, there's a new soccer stadium coming and immediately they're like, man, I bet that's going to be tons of jobs. Like, how do we like get that partnership so we can get people employed and, and how do we get people to the new Google area or Franklinton's like changing itself? Are we making sure that we're culturally doing that the right way? It's just, I think people in Columbus, you know, it's that everyone says it's like the biggest small city, but I think it's true. Uh, when I lived in St. Louis, no one would look you in the face or smile. Like, so it was really off-putting on High Street when everyone was looking at me and smiling. I thought like <laughs> something was stained or like I lost something. I'm like, do I did like a sign on me or something? But is my uh, fly down? What's going on? Yes, I was like, did, did someone just steal my pants? And I don't know what happened here, but it's just kind of this like people just feel you know connected and um, it ripples through sport. I mean, I know we're we're very much focused on. Kind of what we do but you know soccer is the literal global game mm -hmm. and you know it kind of is a it's growing here and i think that's also a pretty big welcoming tool uh the crew step forward and you know give us almost 100 tickets per per game that we ask and wow. i've never heard of a sports franchise doing that and it got to the point where even nyfc emailed going you know, we read on social media or we've seen that, like, you have a refugee group that seems to go to the games and appropriately tailgates and they're drinking water and there's no pork. And it seems like the community really, like, is embracing this. Like, how did you do that? And it kind of, like, took me back. I'm like, New York City is asking Columbus how wow. to be a better cultural city when we kind of typecast that as, like, the biggest cultural you know, place in our country and they're asking this little home, home run, like save the crew, Columbus foundation, crew foundation, like how do we be better stewards of, of human? Can you give us some pointers? And it kind of made me laugh. And 
having that like phone call with NYC FC's like higher ups um, <laughs> was just kind of fascinating. They're like, "Oh, can you like give us the number of like all the refugee groups in New York?" I'm like, "I I don't know who they are." And they're like, "Oh, you guys aren't all connected." I'm like, "We we are not." Uh, <laughs> But I'm pretty sure you know a few people out there that could Google. Um, so that's kind of the best start. So, but yeah, it's just, I, I think Columbus just really kind of took that. We're a young, old city. We're ever expanding. We're growing up and out at the same time. And uh, I think they just see the positive. You know, the new American population puts tons and tons of money back into the city with owning small businesses and food trucks and working, you know, high level jobs to entry level jobs. I think there's just a real um, honest look at, you know, the population we serve is really nothing but growth for Columbus. You know, I, I've not really heard anyone in all quadrants of Franklin County go, well, maybe they shouldn't be here. That's more like they saved the North side or Momo Gar is the greatest food I've ever had or Himalayan Grill. I did not even know Bhutan was a country, but now I'm eating there with my wife and kids like every week because the food is amazing and I've learned some words and and some phrases I I can impress people on holidays now. Right. And I know they say it as like a you hear it often in the political sphere. You heard it a lot with um, Alex Fisher too. Whenever the Save the Crew was big, whenever it was just kicking off, and we were getting into legalities and we're getting into action being taken. I mean, Mike DeWine came into it before he was governor. He was coming into the Save the Crew. You heard this phrase of the Columbus way. And it just, when you hear it outside of a politician, when you hear it in the scope of the day-to-day, you can actually see how it's not just, it's not just a turn of phrase. And that's, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. So, kind of along the lines of kind of what we're talking about, right. With combining the sport, you know, soccer that obviously we're a soccer focused podcast. We talk about it a lot. Um, you guys have the, uh, Columbus nations cup. So what's that all about? How to get started and, and what's, what's that all about? Yeah. So we have gone into, uh, our second year. So we're going to our third year of the Columbus nations cup. So it is kind of, the brain and love child of the um, CISA or kind of the Easton Fields. It's uh, kind of a private entity at the Easton Fields. And we didn't really know much about it. I would just drive up and down Sunbury and I would see these like majestic open fields. And I was always like, you know, who owns these? Um, It's very centrally located for uh, a lot of our our kids that we serve, and so we kind of found out that it's kind of over overseen by this company, Bloomberg and Company, and and CISA, and and we kind of started having conversations with them, and we asked, you know, is there a way that we can partner? And they always had this idea of having this kind of tournament, this you know one day tournament, and we kind of started talking about, you know, can it be? a tournament slash advocacy fair slash fundraiser for our program. And from that kind of came the Columbus Nations Cup. So it is an annual event. Um, Typically, we 
don't have a set time because we also try to navigate what is happening in the the football world. So the first year, obviously, you know, there was World Cup. Uh, so we don't want to compete with that this year. Um, the Euros are coming, so it will be in June when most of the time the past two years has been in July. So, uh, but it's really just exactly what it sounds like. You know, the Columbus Nations Cup is just Columbus showing up. Um, people can register pretty much all ages, and it's a one-day tournament. And there's different brackets. There's an adult fun league and an adult competitive league. And then there's kind of all ages down. And the cool thing is um, the fundraising component enables all of our kids in our program to play for free. Um, so everyone can kind of pay registration and then kind of form a team. And we can also have a few of our kids play on each team. So then a team just gets to kind of hang out with one of our kids and gets to kind of know a little bit about them, kind of answer some questions kind of in a safe and appropriate environment and just kind of see how awesome our kids are. Um, none of our teams have won yet. So this year we're practicing um, <laughs> because I also realized when you have like 86 kids who sign up that speak like 42 different languages that don't know each other that can be a complication out on the field so uh <laughs> so we had our first practice and and we're we're slowly building uh, we're learning names and not using bad words and so um but it's just kind of a cool event um it's also i think a really cool platform for businesses and companies and other nonprofits to kind of sponsor and come out uh you know we've had great sponsors over the years from igs to um, big lots to we've had um other entities like columbus gives back comes out and kind of provides volunteers to kind of the crew have donated some prizes for the winning teams to a DJ who DJs for the crew comes out so every year it gets a little bit bigger every year it gets a a little bit more expanding um, and the good thing is we're not weather dependent because there is an indoor facility right across the street from the Easton field so it's a wow. nice kind of placeholder that we know it's going to happen and uh, last year we raised about sixteen thousand dollars and that doubled what we raised our inaugural year and our hope is that we just keep building we just keep building sponsors we keep building teams we keep getting people from everywhere you know we welcome non-columbus people just the same and um, our goal is that at some point this would completely fund our youth program which would be about a um, hundred thousand per year and so then that could give us the ability to not be so government and grant reliant which i know all nonprofits say that but um, personally for me i don't like the concept of having to build in a goodbye for these kids if we don't get funding. Um, and that just kind of crushes me to think of, you know, all that we've done in the three, four years could end just because someone didn't check a box or this funding stream changed or, or dried up because uh, regardless of what happens in Washington or even our own courthouse, uh, these are humans involved mm -hmm. and very young humans and, you know, I see what we're doing is working. And so this is why we try so hard to think outside the box and um, 
if I didn't have a lingering knee injury, I would be out there playing. So I am also the official coach for multitudes of teams. Uh, and I also am the one who can yellow and red card people if they get on my nerves. And so I have uh, I've yellow carded a few Liverpool fans. I won't lie, um, just just for the sake of it. But um, but no, and I think it's just kind of I know on the flip side, I always kind of again I'm I'm good at telling stories. Uh, but I just imagine like you're a 13 year old you know kid from Syria and you just kind of moved here. Like how awesome is that to see like a hundred plus people cheering for you and they don't even know who you are. Um, you know, I think it's just kind of an awesome feeling to be like, wow, this city like showed up and they're right. playing the sport I love. I don't need to talk to them. I don't need to know their language, you know, but maybe over a bag of chips and a water, like we're making a joke or I just shake your hand at the end of the game. And I, you know, who knows what that can do? I mean, that might be the catalyst to, I want to get better grades or, I want to stay in school or I want to talk to these people and be their friends or I felt like the world hated me because mm -hmm. of what happened in my my homeland but now I've found a place that welcomes me and I can smile and not be the token refugee kid but just have a name and a good soccer player and and kind of wake up and feel like I know at least these thousand people got my back and maybe that's the momentum I need to take my next step that maybe I was scared to death to do before. Yeah, and you said these are individuals who you mentioned earlier, they're, they might have gotten here a few weeks or a few months or days before this event takes place. And if they're able to play, this is like rolling out the welcome mat almost because you say that not just playing, but there's a lot of spectators there. There's people who are watching and cheering them on. And I know next year, Bryant and I, I, I won't speak for Bryant, but for myself, I probably will not be signing up to play. But I will definitely, this sounds like an amazing event to, to kind of partake in. And you mentioned that before the interview that one of your kids was wearing a Tottenham jersey. So that might have some link to why your team's never won. But I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, we do have another question. You talked about how uh, Chris is doing a lot of things to support those individuals who are coming into Columbus. You're trying to help them any way possible. So it's not just financially or getting them into different neighborhoods or schools or information about the area, but you're also providing a need. You're filling, you're fulfilling needs. Excuse me. You're filling holes. You're providing um, we were talking about scarves or hats or gloves, anything to, you know, if you're moving here and you haven't been in a winter before, you're providing stuff to, to kids and to families to help them. One way that you're doing that is through the Columbus Spurs and something called the Kindness Cup. So can you tell everybody what the Kindness Cup is and then also how they can help out and how they can get involved? Absolutely. So a lot of times... Um, being part of a, a soccer supporter club like Tottenham, like the Columbus group, you, you just find yourself having conversations. You know, I, I go to a lot of crew games. I go to a lot of Premier League matches. I'm, I'm the guy who will stay and watch the three matches after, even if it's teams I don't even know. Because I just enjoy the sport, but I also enjoy the people who enjoy the sport. It's kind of a, a world they feel. But more oftentimes than not, I find myself talking about Chris. Um, passion just kind of when you care about something it just kind of comes out and a lot of times people will ask you know 
Jeremy or some people do think my first name is Chris. Uh, Chris, like how I can't give you my time. I work 60 hours a week. I have kids. I travel. I can't be a mentor. You know, I can't be that weekly person that shows up. But how can I help? And enough of those people started asking that question that got me thinking, what do we need? And so then it really just became this you know, laundry list of items that sometimes our families get priced out from being able to participate or have. And, you know, you said it perfectly that a lot of families don't really plan for winter or have experienced winter, but also, you know, the stuff gets expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. I lost my mittens and I was like heartbroken because that's like 40 bucks. And that's not something that, you know, I just have lying around, let alone kind of, you know, the outfit five to six kids. And so we really just kind of started the talk and Endeavor Brewing has always been phenomenal for for not only Columbus Spurs and the Grandview and Columbus soccer community, but also Chris specifically. Um, Scott and Meg, the the owners, are have let me come there and speak several times, have done a lot of different stuff, has gotten their staff involved with us. And, and I just kind of asked Scott, you know, healthy competition is a wonderful thing. Um, can we have some of these soccer groups compete against each other that kind of bring in those winter items or those activity items? And I'll kind of explain the activity item a little bit later because it's complicated but cool. Um, mm-hmm. And so Scott's like, yes. And then um, the organization Columbus Gives Back, um, also very strong supporters of our group, have done a lot with us. Um, we paint a lot of murals in the community, and they're always there to help us with that. But so, yeah, so the Kindness Cup is kind of this competition between everyone in Columbus, not just people that like soccer, not just people who like Premier League, but it's really just kind of a rallying cry to you know, bring in that scarf, bring in that beanie, bring in those warm socks, um, you know, bring in mittens or earmuffs. Uh, We have Ben sitting up at Endeavor Brewing Company. Uh, We have four Ben's strategically set up at Ohio State's campus, uh, like in Haggerty Hall and a few of the student um, dorms. uh, And then also Cardinal Health, um, their LGBTQI plus and their OLA group or their Hispanic coalition also in all of the Cardinal Health locations have been. And that's kind of going through until December 7th. And so again, all the bins are, especially at Endeavor, they're 24-7, so you don't have to show up for a soccer match. You know, if you, if you do, we welcome that. But um, you can drop it off anytime you want. There's bins that have the different supporter groups that that call Endeavor home, but there's also an other box for people who, you know, maybe like other teams or do things like that. Or if you just don't even know what those logos are and don't even know what the sport is, just pick the color scheme you like the best and drop it in. But um, I think the cool thing and the one of the things that I'm the most proud of is this is 200% going back to our families and kids. So um, I think it is a great way for people to tangibly give back and especially give back for those who are like, I can't be a mentor. I can't give you $10,000 a week. I can't, you know, buy a washer and dryer set for all of your families that need it, but I can give you eight sets of gloves or, um, one thing that we're also 
kind of with the kindness cup in terms of donations um, are what we call activity donations. Like you think about what makes Columbus cool and probably things like COSI, Jenny's, the Botanical Gardens, Ohio History Connection, movie theaters like Grandview or the Drexler, all that kind of stuff kind of pops up in your in your mind. Um, and then I ask people kind of think about how much that costs and how cool would that be that some of our families would be able to get to explore other areas of Columbus or get to kind of go through these things. So in our program, our mentor program, we're very goal based. So, you know, kids are working on their English, working on their grades, trying to get that first job, trying to get that better job, trying to, you know, set goals for college and figure out what college is. But for me and for our program, a big chunk of it is explore Columbus. You know, the world is not the hilltop or the north side or the west edge. You know, go the Grand View, go the short north. And so we're trying to find, you know, these little ways of going like you got all A's. So here are some movie passes, to the Grand View Theater. And also while you're there, go eat some Jenny's ice cream and just kind of hang out and get to see your city and get to know the kind of people roaming around. So we are, you know, kind of accepting um, any and all. And then another big thing that we are asking for are board games. Um, when the weather gets bad, obviously the soccer stops. And a big thing for our families is that continual learning, that continual speaking English, that continual not just sit and watch TV, keep your brain active, you know, breaks are coming weekends when you don't want to go outside you know we we can think of you know why don't we play uno or connect four or just you know kind of keep talking and and especially for our mentors who when you can't get a soccer ball around outside anymore um it kind of you get that thing of like what do we do uh, it's kind of like well pull out a board game uh you know pull out some cards and just take your mind off things and just have some some real conversations so we are kind of I guess a triad of things that you could donate, you know, from the actual seasonal clothing items to the board and card games, and then to these kind of activity gift card donations. And um, a lot of them have been coming in by mail. So people can also drop them off at our, our agency or mail them to me at our agency or just, you know, um, Jenny's just mailed $30 worth of gift cards and Donato's did the same. So, um, and I saw a bunch of people just dropped off some jackets. So, um, really we will take any and all donations or have any and all conversations, but, um, but yeah, we're hopeful to kind of go through December. We feel that's a pretty good time frame to then be able to get all the items out. You know, we don't want it to go through like March and then they're like, oh, we're in spring. And I'm like, oh, I have 10,000 like beanies for you. But uh, right. I guess we're just going to look like short North hipsters now walking around in warm weather with, with your beanies. It's but, acclimating to your environment, right? Yes. I was like, you know, you are already there. You're wearing your sweater and beanie like you're just one scooter away from from being the norm. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of picked December 7th. It's a it's a footy date. It's the City United match. But we also feel that you need to have a start and you need to have a finish. And so we kind of kicked off at the beginning of November. Um, and then, like I said, Cardinal Health is kind of doing an internal um, thing. So if there's companies out there that or organizations or people or even families that want to 
collect on their own and then just drop them off at one time. You know, Endeavor's a really great landing spot for that. Um, or you can always come find me at Chris. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of or um, things like that. But but yeah, so that's kind of the Kindness Cup. It's It's something that we also want to be year round. So in the fall, the Man City support group and the Tottenham support group kind of got together and did a school supply drive. And, you know, it honestly gave 99% of our program book bags, notebooks, pen, you know, kind of just taking that off of our families that, hey, you don't have to worry about buying this. We got you. Um, you know, don't, don't fret about it. And it just really made a huge difference. And, you know, people when they're dropping off school supplies, they're like, come on, Jeremy, like, I feel bad. I just gave you pencils. I'm like, that is awesome. And you should applaud yourself because you, you know, this is going to people who want pencils and need pencils. So no gift is too small. You know, no gift is, you know, we're, we don't turn our nose up and be like one beanie. You could have given us, you know, it's whatever people feel they want to give. And, and we've also found this is when we get a lot of volunteers because people get kind of into it and they're like, I brought you 10 scarves and I want to know a little bit more about Chris. And three sentences later, they're like, I'm actually first generation. And my parents, you know, knew what it was like to go through what some of your families are going like. So I would love to donate or I would love to help or, you know, if you need a ref during the Nations Cup or I can field a team or just knowing that. I did a good deed. Um, it's just, for me, it's awesome. It's just kind of, I don't know how many cities could be successful with, with these kind of things, but we seem to have the, just the right people at the right time at the right mindset to, to really make a difference. And, you know, I, I don't use those words lightly. Um, it truly, a board game could make a difference and someone passing a test or, gloves and a hat could make someone be able to walk to school uh, for the mile that they have to walk and and not skip school or become truant because it's just too cold and not worth it for them. Wow. Yeah, so there are a multitude of ways. It's not just one thing or the other. We're not looking at one, one specific thing, but really anything. And we'll definitely get involved with that ourselves. That's great. Yep. And we also kind of, you know, I always welcome ideas. Um, this just kind of came about, you know, being on the on the right side of, of soccer groups. But, you know, we at one point had um, a, a salsa dancer at a brewery, like give salsa des uh, lessons and um, all of that proceeds went to our organization. So, I mean, if there are people out there going like, I have great ideas and I've always wanted to do it. We're very much open to anything that, you know, provides support and just this positive belonging. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we're always here, but you know, our goal is everything will get used. Um, even if we have 400 beanies, uh, and only, you know, 200 kids in our program, I will find another 200 humans, uh, that would gladly benefit from that. So it's it's just, I think, a real um, strong way to get involved. And then I think it's a real nice catalyst to, to just kind of understand your neighbors a little bit more. I I love having conversations when I tell people there's, you know, 48 countries in my program or 50, you know, 50 some languages. And they're just like, really? In Columbus? 
And I was yeah. like, yes, probably those people that you think are just like Spanish speakers from Mexico are probably from El Salvador or Honduras or, or then like listening to people go like, my parents were El Salvadorian. Like, I didn't know there's more here or my parents are Peruvian. Like, that's awesome that you guys are doing this or my parents are Asian. And, you know, I understand, you know, what it was like to have parents come from China and like what that means to f have help. You know, we always see it as it is truly a hand up, not a handout. You know, we are handing up um, our families to, you know, situations and pathways that they're already on. Um, we just kind of give them that little positive nudge. Man, that's awesome. So just kind of to wrap up, Jeremy, um, if anybody around wants to get involved, if they want to find out more, um, you know, where can they find you? What's your, you know, your website, social media, email, anything you want to provide just to let people be able to get in touch with you or find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So there's um, a multitude of ways to get involved. Um, probably one of the easiest is just going to the Chris website, which is just chrisohio.org. Um, there is a kind of a website within that, uh, chriscommunityconnectors.org for kind of the mentor specific. But uh, the Chris website is pretty awesome in the fact that it posts all the volunteer opportunities. Um, so you know, if you want to be a conversation partner with with families or um, want to help with, you know, grocery grams, which is where people can donate food for um, some of our families or be a mentor, um, kind of it's always up there and always being updated. Um, Chris Community Connectors also has an Instagram page um, that we kind of update. So if people are kind of wanting to see what our program is doing out in the community or kind of how we're getting involved in kind of some of our, our partners that we highlight. I, you know, I suggest kind of following that, but, um, or just literally finding my name on the Chris directory and shooting me an email. Uh, that's how we got really connected with the Save the Crew group. Uh, David Faust and the Greater Columbus Golden Boys and Girls Club just kind of reached out to me and they're just like, I don't know you, um, but we would <laughs> love to kind of welcome some refugee or immigrant families to a crew game. And that, you know, went from two families to then like a month later, we had that same call. And by then we kind of knew each other. And, and I was kind of like, Hey man, uh, we got 158 people coming this week. And he's like, Oh, we probably need a bigger vegetable platter. Uh, <laughs> and it just kind of became kind of a cool thing that, you know, people were like chucking, crew scarves at our kids and and singing you know appropriate chants and but also <laughs> like a lot of them were like wow that's really cool like i did not know eritrea was a country let alone there are people here from there and like i kind of got to hear some tigrinya and i never knew that was a language so it really you know and that just started from someone finding us and and having an idea um one thing that i always plug um you know, if you um, are hiring and or in need of, of staff or even have a cool job that you would like to kind of um, be a part of what we have called Job Club is where we get um, junior and senior age students in our program to kind of see what Columbus has and kind of it's a good opportunity for you to brag about your career and pathway, but also kind of talk about um, a lot of, you know, to kids who will probably be the first generation to graduate high school and maybe go into college, but also 
Uh, it's really cool to show them that there are a lot of different fields out there. Um, you know, we had them meet with a photographer and it like blew them away that you could be a photographer and make a ton of money. They, they just thought it was nothing but like Instagram and Snapchat, but like kind of just showing that this is like the city and the land of opportunity. So, you know, we, I always tell any volunteer, any entity that we, we work with, like if there's a will, like there's absolutely a way, um, I'm an artist and a painter, and so we've painted about 16 murals in the community with uh, fellow friends who are artists. And I always tell people we always do paint by numbers. So even if you are a terrible painter, uh, you can succeed and just kind of feel like you're kind of giving back. But um, it all starts with just someone clicking on our website or sending that email, not being nervous. You know, we don't bite. Uh, we're not mean. Um, we understand and respect your time and your family and, you know, your abilities. And so we, we want to be, um, that two way support that, you know, when you walk back to your friends or your coworkers or colleagues, you're like, I met the greatest organization ever, and this is who they are. And we all should get involved because it's just really supporting us. Um, and it's really just supporting, you know, what we would have needed two, three generations ago when when kind of our people were coming over here and, and our ancestors. So it's just kind of a way to to give back and to to push forward. Fantastic. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thanks so much for everything you guys are doing at Chris to you know make the community a better place for not only I think the people that are coming, but I think for everyone here. You know, we know that you know, we definitely both believe that these these folks that are coming are adding to our community. They're making our community better, making it stronger. So it's awesome to see you guys, what you guys are doing. Thank yep, you so I much, Jeremy. It. Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys for the opportunity to kind of kind of talk. And you know, I I I love what I do, and I love when people um, can find that that passion and and time to kind of see what we're all about. Awesome. Thanks.